You're listening to the podcast for Asbury United Methodist Church. Join us every Sunday for worship at 8.30 or 10.45. Find out more at asburybosier.org. Last week, in The Gift of the Nutcracker, we were introduced to Clara, the main character. And we learned last week that this story is not just a story about a girl who is receiving a gift from her godfather, but it's a story about transition. She was on one side of the door, and she was invited into the other side of the door. It's a story about being a child and growing into adolescence. And ultimately, it's a story about our own faith and growing in faith based on the gifts from God, our Father. And today, we are introduced to Drosselmeyer, who is Clara's godfather. Our scripture lesson today comes from Genesis Chapter 1, the first four verses. It will be on the screens and it's also in your Bible. Let us hear the word of the Lord. In the beginning, when God created the heavens and the earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep. While a wind from God hovered over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw that the light was good. And God separated the light from the darkness. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. First impressions are not always final impressions. In the Nutcracker story, the children have been welcomed into the party, and there is merriment, there is frivolity, there is joy, and then the door swings open, and this dark, cloaked figure comes in from the wintry weather. It's this very kind of Darth Vader moment in the Nutcracker The wind enters into the party, blowing out the candles. And at first, the children think that there is a villain at the door. And if this is the first time that we're reading this story, we too might think that we have just been introduced to the villain of the story. How quickly, how quickly joy and frivolity and merriment turn into fear when we come face to face with the unexpected. This is why in the season of Advent we light the candle of peace. We light the candle of peace because we have to. Last week we lit the candle of hope, hearing Clara's story of having that holy curiosity of what God might have in store, that holy anticipation, not In the way that Jesus was born, we know that story. That story is thousands of years old. But the holy curiosity, that hopefulness of why it matters today. And what God continues to do in the person of Jesus Christ. And I hope this season of Advent you are filled with the same holy anticipation and this holy curiosity. For knowing knowing that God is not finished with us. But today we light the candle of peace because we have to. We have to be reminded of peace. 
Because sometimes when God enters into our story, at first blush, we are frightened. We are frightened with what we don't know. We are frightened with what we don't expect. And when God enters into the story, for example, when the angel Gabriel, or Gertrude, depending on which, when the angel Gabriel came to Mary, he said, be not afraid. The Lord is with you. When the angels appeared in their multitudes before the shepherds who were keeping watch over their flock by night, the first word out of the angel's mouth was, do not be afraid. I know this looks unexpected. I know that when God enters into our story, we are surprised. But we must linger for just a moment so that our fear might become peace. And it takes a moment of lingering in that space for fear to become peace. Because if we're not careful, when God inbreaks into our life, when we are surprised by something, when we are met with the unexpected, we might very quickly beat our plowshares into, into swords and our pruning hooks into spears. That's the holy blessedness of the season of Advent, is because it causes us to wait, to slow down, to breathe, to light the candle of peace and stay there and linger for just a moment so, so that we might know God's peace. Of course, in the story, Drosselmeyer opens the door and he's cloaked because of the wintry weather. But then he takes his cloak off and he reveals that he is Clara's godfather. And that fear that the children initially felt melted away and became a peace. And became excitement and became joy. Because they know that Drosselmeyer is a gift giver. And he did. He started giving the children gifts. Sugar plum fairies toy soldiers, and then ultimately he gives the gift of a nutcracker to Clara. And here's a little bit of foreshadowing for you. Clara is not sure if this is what she wants or not. (laughs) She's not quite sure what to do with it. She's not quite sure if she needs it. She's not quite sure, frankly, if she wants it. Have you had a Christmas morning like that? (laughs) But more on that later. Drosselmeyer surprises them with gifts. And then he surprises them with a puppet show. He takes these toys and he does a puppet show. And if you're reading this for the first time, you might think, oh, how nice that their godfather is doing a little puppet show. But those of us who know the story know that this puppet show foreshadows everything else that happens in the story. The trick is, however, as Clara will discover, even though she thinks she knows the outcome, The story is quite different when you're in the middle of it. That's one of the things I love about Advent is that we read these Old Testament prophecies of who the Messiah is going to be. And we know that story. Wonderful Counselor, Almighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. We know that story, but there's a catch. What does that story have to do with us? And that's what we see after Drosselmeyer does a puppet show. All of a sudden that puppet show becomes real. These prophecies that we read about Jesus Christ become real. Beginning in a manger. 
How surprising. We hear these words, wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, and then we see a baby (laughs) in a manger in Bethlehem, the house of bread, by the way. Because when we hear these words of wonderful counselor, almighty God, everlasting father, the prince of peace, we might imagine that Jesus is coming in the heavens and he's a grown up and he has a sword in this hand and a shield in this hand and he's here for his kingdom to be. But God surprises us that this everlasting father is a child placed in a manger because there was no room in the end, in the end. Speaking of surprises, uh, I have a 40th birthday coming up in just a couple of days. <clears throat> I've, I've, the, the gray in the beard is now growing. Um, uh, the, the, the belt is a little tighter <clears throat> than it used to be. That's why I was, I was telling the kids I walked in pancakes with Santa. I said, oh, are you Santa today? Well, come on, man. I know I have a beard. I'm trying here. Not Santa. Give me a year. (laughs) So last night, uh, Christy and I were going to have a nice, cozy dinner at an Italian place, downtown Bossier. Uh, She goes, you know what? They're having a a beer tasting at uh, Flying Heart, which is right across the street from where we were going to have dinner. She goes, do you want to go to that? I said, well, you know, since the monks of old were the first to really hone the skills of brewing beer. It's basically a religious obligation for me to go. So one of our, friend, one of our friends had tickets to it. They said, they're going to, they're going to meet us outside. So, so we went there, uh, met our friends, and we're walking in, uh, and, and the hard ticket event was behind a curtain. So I went from behind the curtain, and then all of a sudden, surprise! My family was there. My colleagues were there. My friends from college were there. My next door neighbor who moved in in third grade was there. It was, to say the, I was surprised, uh, to say the least. It was a fantastic time. Didn't see it coming. Uh, And so when you see Christy later, give her a high five because she's been working on it for like months. She did a great job. It was was amazing, that that, that sense of, that you feel, and I hope, I hope during the season of Advent you're filled with that sense of anticipation, that sense of surprise of what God is going to do next in our life. And on the other end of that surprise, you're seeing familiar faces, maybe in a new light. You're seeing these faces and you're filled with only gratitude. Now, now, it's one thing for God, for God to surprise us. Because God does it all of the time if you allow God to. (laughs) One of my prayers every day is, Lord, what do you have in store for me today? I invite you to pray that as well. It's a wholly other thing for us to surprise God. Now, before you say we can't surprise God, there is a narrative for that. In the Old Testament, there are, there, there are few, there, for those of you who are keeping score, there are few. Genesis chapter 22, when Abraham is bringing Isaac up the mountain of Moriah, or Moriah, and the, and the, and the knife is coming down to offer his son, 
his only son, his beloved son to God. An angel swoops in, says, Abraham, Abraham, do not harm the boy. For now the Lord knows that you fear God. For now the Lord knows. Now the Lord knows? The Lord couldn't have intervened while we were walking up the mountain? Now the Lord knows when the knife is coming down? Now the Lord knows? That verse has always stuck with me. There's this holy moment of surprise. What did God know about Abraham? What did Abraham trust about God? It's one thing for God to surprise us. It's a wholly other thing for us to surprise God. Now, in full disclosure, I am not sure if that is a deep theological truism that God can be surprised. But I sure hope that we try. I hope that we try this Advent season to surprise God with our generosity. I hope during this Advent season we try to surprise God with our kindness. I hope during this season of Advent we try to surprise God with the peace to which we are committed. I hope that when we get to Christmas Eve that we surprise God with the way in which we offer ourselves in worship. The way that we welcome Christ into our home. The way that we light candles welcoming the light of Christ throughout the world. I don't know if God can be surprised... But I'd sure like to try. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Gracious and most loving God, God our Father, the one who offers us gifts, the one who surprises us with a divine presence every day, fill us with your Holy Spirit. May we surprise you with our generosity. May we surprise you with the peace that we offer to the world. May we surprise you by giving you all of ourselves this Advent season. Come, Lord Jesus, come. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen.